This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 3, Blythe Spartans 2. Oh, the magic of the cup. You know, some people feel that the FA Cup is in decline. Well, it is, isn't it? Let's be honest. But you try telling Wrexham and Blythe Spartans that. In fact, you try telling Oldham and Chester that. It was a night of high drama, not all of which was at the racecourse. But goodness me, Wrexham against Blythe Spartans. What a, what a tie it is going back through history. Four times we've met, four times Wrexham have gone through, but each one of them has been complicated. Well, I mean... Where do you begin with that match? Wrexham made six changes. Mullen and Palmer coming in, being significant. Only Howard, Toza and the midfield three of Davis, Young and Jones actually started both games. And in the first half, it was very one-sided. Don't get me wrong. Blythe played nice football. And they are very committed to their pressing game. But unlike last Saturday... This time, when Blythe pressed, Wrexham got the ball down, moved it about, trusted their passing, and passed their way through the press really effectively. Really prominent early on was Anthony Ford, whose advanced positions on the right were causing all sorts of problems for Blythe. Having said that, the first noteworthy chance actually went the away team's way. J.J. O'Donnell, who across the two games was absolutely magnificent, did beautifully. He nutmegged Cleworth on the halfway line, drove forwards to within about 25 yards of goal. He did have options, but, you know, after nutmegging a guy and then running to the edge of the area, you're always going to have a go for at a world here, aren't you? And he ripped in a shot which went just over the top left corner. But that was against the run of play. Blythe were brave. They were coming at us. They clearly had threats. In fact, I'd say in some ways more threat than on Saturday. But Wrexham were picking them apart at the other end, breaking with speed and quality. Mullen and Palmer in the first half were virtually unplayable. And they combined beautifully in the 90 minutes to give Wrexham what felt like an inevitable lead. It was a terrific goal as well. Mullen, after good work from Ford and Jones, bursting into the right channel with terrific pace, pulling the ball back to Palmer, six yards out, and Palmer obliged with one of those delicious pirouetting back heel finishes that uh, that you see on the telly. It was a fabulous goal. A beautiful strike. Ollie Palmer's 150th career goal. And Wrexham continued to push on. Three minutes later, it was 2-0. And it looked scarily like for the first time, a game between Wrexham and Blythe might be a bit one-sided. Four this time, floating a great cross in. But Mullen, I mean, you know, the cliche, he knows where the goal is, was just summed up perfectly by this 15 yards out he rose he headed it he didn't put a huge amount of power into it but his placement was perfection and Mitchell just couldn't reach it as it crept inside the left post a fine goal Wrexham continued to come forwards with real threat and in the 26th minute had a, a chance a lovely move, Toza with a fabulous pass over the top, Toza was pinging the ball around like Andrea Pirlo and Mullen on the right hand side pulled the ball back beautifully Ford hit it first time it would have been a fine goal but he hit it too straight from the edge of the area and it was a fairly simple save for Mitchell 
The third goal came in the 36th minute, and it was all Jordan Davis's own work. He had a good first half as well. Long ball played forwards. Davis tried to flick it on with his head. It hit the right back Richardson and dropped loose on the box. And Davis, as he landed and turns, reacted fantastically well to use his first touch to get past his man, and then rolled a lovely, calm, nonchalant finish into the bottom right corner. Straight from the kickoff, it could have been four as James Jones raced forwards and tackled the last defender, Ellswood. Mullen was all on his own through with the keeper. The ref gave a foul. I haven't had a chance to see it again. I'd like to. Uh, whether Jones actually fouled his man or just was too strong for him was a moot point. Now, Blythe obviously were in danger of being overwhelmed in the first half, but they did always maintain their threat going forwards, and they were nearly gifted a chance to pull one back before the break. The fifth minute of added time, because there had been stoppages, which we'll get to in a second, Davis tugging O'Donnell back. It was a nice move by Blythe in a crowded area around the D, although it's got to be said, I think it was an unnecessary foul. The return pass to O'Donnell looked too strong and he couldn't reach it. And even if it had been a better pass, he still had a defender to beat. Davis got a yellow. Richardson, who's been terrific on set pieces throughout the two games, stepped up and because it was on the edge of the D, decided rather than try and put it over the crowd, he went for power. It went straight through the wall and it was really nailed by Richardson. But luckily, it was straight at Howard. Still very good hands by Howard to hold on to it, though, because it was a rocket of a shot. Now, that added time. Wrexham had two injuries in the first half. Palmer went down and it looked alarming at first. He looked in real pain. It seemed to be his knee that was the issue. But luckily, he was able to get up and continue. More worryingly... Uh, ben Toza collided with Jordan Tunnicliffe who was making his debut and went down hurt he also looked in a lot of pain not sure it looked like it might have been his shoulder that was being treated he did finish the half so hopefully it was only precautionary with Wrexham three up at the break but Wrexham took Toza off at half time and on came Aaron Hayden the second half though was a different kettle of fish Wrexham started it quite brightly but Blythe really started to dominate started to be a little bit more effective in their pressing and Wrexham found themselves really struggling to get the ball out the crowd were getting a little bit edgy and Blythe with their passing and movement these nice little triangles they were working and little overloads were looking very good a really nice move ended with the Blythe getting deep into Wrexham's penalty area O'Donnell getting to the ball in close range and hitting a shot which took a deflection. The deflection may have taken a little bit of the pace off it, but it also sent Howard completely in the wrong direction and the keeper did really well to snake out a foot to his left and poke the ball clear. A warning shot for Wrexham, but one that they were powerless to heed because within a minute, uh, O'Donnell did have a goal. A mistake this time by Ford, who otherwise was excellent. A misplaced pass and O'Donnell drove forwards and lashed a fine strike into the bottom right corner. Three minutes later, it could have been 3-2. A really nice piece of play again by Richardson on the right-hand side, sweeping a fabulous cross in, which cut out Howard. Hickey at the far post, lunging in. Looked like it was a tap-in, but he managed to not make proper contact on it in a close range at the far post. A defender, I couldn't quite catch who it was, may well have been Tunnicliffe, lunged in with him, and that defender got the touch to put it behind. And from the corner, the ball cleared... But when it was played back into the box, Hayden with a weak header and Richardson from the edge of the box drilled it into the top right corner. Two goals in four minutes for Blythe, plus two good chances. And all of a sudden, the tie felt very different. Blythe were pushing and pressing. Wrexham were having to dig deep and, and repel them. And it was a very, very different game. 
20 minutes from the end, Wrexham started a little spell where they started to break effectively. Though Great ball down the right by Young, picked out Palmer. Palmer drove the ball into the goal. Mark Mullen was attacking the six-yard box. The keeper at full stretch lunged forwards and just about got a hand to it to deflect the ball behind Mullen. A dangerous moment. And then two minutes later, Mullen tried to return the favour with two driven crosses into across the face of goal, one of which was missed by the goalkeeper, but Wrexham just couldn't get on the end of it. Immediately after that, Bryce Susanna came on for Liam McAlinden, who hadn't really enjoyed himself that much at left back, left wing back rather. Um, but Blythe continued to press and put pressure on. They really were looking a decent side. Well, admittedly, there were shouts for a red card again against Hickey, who was very lucky not to get sent off in the first game for a late challenge on Tunnicliffe as he was clearing the ball. The referee gave a yellow. But danger was still around the corner. With a quarter of an hour left, Devadix floating a nice free kick into the danger area. Cornish attacking it, just couldn't quite reach it with his head at close range. Wrexham tried to calm things further. Tom O'Connor coming on for Jordan Davis in the 81st minute and had a shout soon afterwards for a penalty. A long ball forwards Mullen, who maybe was looking for to get fouls backing into people a bit too much, backed into his man Lees and claimed he'd been pulled to the ground. Lees definitely had his hands on him. The referee wasn't interested. And in the last minute, Wrexham also carved out a chance, a great chance. There's a three-on-two, Blake. Mullen did well, drove forwards, committed his man, fed it square to Palmer, who was right down the middle running at the last defender, but he had outside him, James Jones, completely wrong getting in the box. Palmer decided to take on his man when he could have just helped her onto Jones and was tackled, and the chance was gone. Seven added minutes were put on. I'm not totally clear why. And at first, Wrexham were looking OK and making opportunities. He said Ozana had done quite well pushing forwards on the left-hand side. Uh, Ford picked him out with a nice pass and he cut in and from the corner of the box curled it round the keeper but just wouldn't come back enough and it went wide of the far post. And then a lovely sweeping move in the fifth minute of added time, Young finding Hosanna who helped her on to Mullen and he swept in from a tight angle on the left, a first-time strike with his inside of his foot, which the goalkeeper saved pretty comfortably. Nice sweeping move though. But Blythe were pushing on, even though Wrexham actually on the break were looking more dangerous. Blythe were penning Wrexham in, were asking all sorts of questions. They'd gone to two up front and they were really looking for, for opportunities to create. About a minute before the end, something remarkable happened. The Wrexham fans went crazy because, of course, the winners of this tie will face Chester or Oldham. And Chester had gone ahead in extra time at the Diva. A Wrexham goal cheered to the rafters at the racecourse. Goodness me. That wouldn't come to pass because Mike Fondop would equalise at the end of added time and then despite him missing a penalty, Chester would lose on penalties. It nearly didn't come to pass though because Blythe nearly took our game into extra time. The last minute of the 90, a ball played into the box by Devidix. Howard came into a crowd. It was a good decision, a brave decision to come and try and take responsibility. But he fumbled it a bit and it bounced out to Richardson. Richardson, who is a beautiful striker of the ball, who already had scored in both games, whose goal was a fantastic hit, with a great chance, 10 yards out and the keeper out of position, to hit the target and take the game into extra time. Totally sliced it and it bobbled embarrassingly across the line for a goal kick. The final whistle went, Wrexham fans were remarkably relieved, so the players, no doubt, were through. 
But my goodness me, Blythe were terrific, especially in the second half. I mean, in both games, they just never stopped working. Their, their energy levels were terrific. And in, they are, as I said on Saturday, the lowest scorers in their division. You could see that on Saturday, I felt. Didn't feel a huge amount of threat for them, even though they had a lot of the ball. But in the second half of the race course, goodness me, they had threats. Admirable performance by them and admirable support from their fans, the biggest away support at the racecourse this season. As for the performances, well, Howard might be a little concerned about that late moment, although I think, to be fair, he made a brave decision to come for it and try and take responsibility. He made a crucial save with his foot uh, to deny O'Donnell, just as Blythe were getting on top as well, so the credit is in his favour. The centre-backs... Toza was fantastic in the first half. He defended well, his use of the ball was terrific. And the way we dropped off in the second half in terms of performance maybe suggests just how important he was. I thought Clubus did okay. He made one of a lot of headers, there was a lot of crosses coming into the box. Didn't wasn't able to get forwards as much as normal for a reason I'll get to in a second. Tunnicliffe had a really solid debut. He's very strong. He's not slow, I'm not going to say he's super quick, but he's not slow. There was a point near the end where he was in a sprint with a winger and he managed to get there and beat him to it. And he's very robust. He did very well. <clears throat> the wing-backs, well, we made forward man of the match. Despite that error that led to the first goal, apart from that, he was a constant threat. And he defended very well one-on-one. It's something he's really good at. He reduces the space when someone's running at him, cuts down their options and dispossesses them or blocks their cross. He's, he's a good player for it. And he had some nice technical moments as well today. On the left, though, McElindon didn't have such a happy game. Richardson worked out during the second half. I think they had the beating of him. And his runs forwards are very straight. Tunnicliffe, uh, sorry, Clewis, like I said, didn't link up going forwards because with the, whereas McFadgen offers himself a link-up play, McElindon was bombing down the wing and he didn't actually get... So he's hiding a bit from the pass, not deliberately, I'm sure. But yeah, his movement didn't help us to build up on that side of the pitch. We were very right-sided in the well, in both halves, to be honest. And he, his best moment, frankly, was just moments before he was brought off. A lovely break by Rex when he fed a really nice pass inside after carrying the ball forwards to pick a man out. Um, but then he was he was hooked straight away after that. In midfield, oh, of course Hayden came on for the second half. Um, a bit of a weak header for the, the second goal, but he made plenty of interventions as well. In midfield, oh, Young was terrific. I mean, Young was the other contender for man of the match for over the 90 minutes, really. His energy is brilliant. He does seem a bit deeper in recent games. Oh, but the number of interceptions and tackles he had, and the way he was trying to drive play forward, proper captain's performance. It was excellent from Young. I think Jones deserves credit as well over the two games he's done well. His energy was fantastic. His pressing, his pressure, his link-up with Ford, even when he wasn't used, his movement was creating space for Ford. Uh, I thought Jones had a good game. Jordan Day was terrific in the first half, really grew into the first half and was bossing it by the end of the, of the match. Scored a lovely goal, carrying the ball well, running up people, passing the ball well. I think he tired a little. Remember, he's coming back from injury. I think maybe he looked a bit tired more in the second half. And it was wise, I think, to bring O'Connor on for the last 10 minutes to tighten things up. But Jordan Davis in the first half certainly showed a lot of what he can do. Um, and then up front, yeah, I mean, basically, 
writes itself, doesn't it? First half, Palmer and Mullen pretty much unplayable. Absolutely fabulous combination play between the two. They both get their goal. That's five home games in a row they've both scored in. But in the second half, there was less service for them and they weren't able to influence the game as much. Although Mullen continued to buzz around and be a real nuisance and rip crosses in Palmer as well. Although maybe late on in the game, a couple of decisions he made, like taking on a defender when he could have passed it, maybe weren't the best. But the two of them had very good games. I mentioned the substitutes already Hayden. It was O'Connor did calm things down a bit when he came on. He used the ball very well and we had more possession once he'd come on. And Hosanna was lively going forwards, had a few nice threatening moments. So, all in all, we won. And that first half was fabulous, but I think you've just got to give credit to Blythe. fact of the matter is they played ter terribly well and they asked all sorts of questions. So... A brilliant cup tie. I wish we could play Blythe in the cup every year because the excitement would be through the roof. But Wrexham get through to play Oldham on bonfire night. So the final score of Wrexham 3, Blythe Spartans 2. Please remember, the highlights will be out later on today. And then we'll have the full coverage again of the Wood match. Dragonheart on at 6 o'clock tonight on Callan as well. And then as a podcast afterwards. So keep yourself, keep your eyes peeled for all of that. Hey, drop us a review. Get us up those podcast charts. You know it makes sense. You know you want to. With the final score of Wrexham 3, Blythe Spartans 2. It hasn't changed since last time I said it. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.